Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. We like that very much. So nice to hear your voice, Marjorie. Oh. I apologize. I had a week off last week. I had it's a little medical it's thing with long. my daughter, and so I couldn't fit it in. And it was like, you got to give yourself some grace and just say, here's what I can't make work. And this was yeah. it. So You know, it's funny when, not funny, funny would be the wrong word. Funny. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, funny, hmm. Yeah. When we were talking about skipping a week. And your little daughter had a little medical thing. And I was just in my full, we can always do everything, Elizabeth. And I'm like, no, we don't need to skip. We can just do another day. And I got home and I thought, that is the antithesis of what we try and talk about here. That's why we're on our journey together. We are on our journey together. And I called you. I'm like, Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. I'm, let's skip a week. I mean, your daughter had a little bit of surgery. Are you comfortable talking about oh, it? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, she had an eye surgery. So she has a she has a wandering eye, which we then learned um, means that she actually has an underdeveloped nerve in her eye. And so Hmm. it's been a couple of years of a lot of different MRI and endocrinologists and all these different things. And so we went to um, have surgery to correct her strabismus, which is the the strabismus, which is the wandering of the eye. But it was, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I knew it was coming for a long time. We've been talking about it for a long time. The hardest part about this is obviously, I mean, the worry, the recovery, and then when they put your child under is like terrifying because you realize that it goes against every instinct in your body. I mean, I was holding her. I mean, I'll probably cry talking about this, but this is, this is best of the nest. This is a safe place. But I, I was just holding her as they put the mask on her and then she breathed in and then she just started to go limp in my arms. And I had to then lay her down on the table and leave her with all of these people. And it is just terrifying. It, It is so frightening. And my older son, Gar, had tubes put in, so he had to go under. Yeah. And my sister's an anesthesiologist. And so I called her because... That's helpful. Yeah, it is helpful. And I called her and I said, what do I need to be worried about? Just because it, that it's such a scary, scary feeling. Yeah. And you and I, in a way, were lucky. Our kids were going in for what many would consider very minor surgery. Well, 100%. And but it's, but it's, mi- it's, it's minor, but it's so not the minute they're putting them under. I know. I know. And when you think about the fact that you're putting them under in the hands of the greatest healthcare people in the world. Right. I mean, right. you know, you've got our, our healthcare system as broken as it can be in many ways. When you're going into surgery, you're knowing there's a real, real good shot you're coming out. And so, but it, but it doesn't take away from. But it, you know, my sister was saying that when she was, she had little babies when she got out of residency, and so she said with the kids, she was always super attentive to the parents, and you know, she would talk to the parents, yeah. and she would try and reassure the parents that it was going to be okay because she had little kids at home. I know, so she knew exactly what this was feeling. Like. Yeah, it so, kind of felt like one of those things that sort of sneaked up on me, and then all of yeah. a sudden it was coming up and it was happening and I 
didn't really realize how the underlying anxiety was causing me a lot of stress last week until it just did. Of course. And then, of course, what it led to is me snapping at my husband. <laughs> because what do we do when we have underlying anxiety or worry or we're afraid? Why? I mean, all of those things. Why? Why do we do that? What is the emotion behind oh, who you take amazing. it out on, which is your husband? And we kind of, fortunately, I mean, we've sort of gone through it separate days where that's the one thing about us is I feel like when one of us is cracking, the other one isn't. And when the other one is cracking, the other one isn't. And so, and that seems to be like a flow in our relationship that is positive, which brings us to our topic today, Marjorie. Sure does. So we're going to talk about marital fights today. We're getting real, sister. Yeah. Let's hope our husbands never listen to this. Well, I made the mistake of telling, I was so, I was like kicking myself. I made this mistake of telling Ian that that's what we were talking about today. Because I think if I had, now I think he might actually listen. Oh gosh. Which I should, I'm not going to remind him. I did, I'm not going to remind him that we're talking about this. Yeah. But it was funny because over the weekend I was in Las Vegas and I got back and I texted you. I'm like, hey, how about we talk about marital fights? Just had a big one. (laughs) Which was funny because last weekend, when I was on the phone with you, yeah, I was like, I had just gotten in a fight with Jay and stormed out of the house. I mean, legitimately <laughs> stormed out of the house to oh, go that- and run errands. And when he said, will you be back by 4.30? I said, I'll be back whenever I feel like it. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. I totally no, said that. Didn't. It was oh, via text message. Oh, you are a smart ass like me. Yeah. Oh, I said that. And oh, then he oh, knew. Oh. I don't do that that often. I don't get like really smart assy like that yeah, very yeah, often. Yeah. But when I do, he knows I mean business. And and then when I came home, he I I was actually on my third errand and he called me and I said, hello. And I was still annoyed. And I was in the beauty section at Walgreens. Annoyed voice. Hello. Hello. And um, not. Hey, honey. It was hello. And he said and I said, he's like, "Okay, well, just wanted to check in. Everything's great. We went on a bike ride. I took the kids out in the burly. We went three miles. We went past our babysitter's house. I mean, he's just like telling me all these sweet stories about these things that he did with our kids after I'd stormed out of the house and said, I'll be back when I feel like it. And then I said, okay, well, I'll be home in a little bit. And he wanted to go watch basketball. And I, and so then I came home and then it was all peaceful. He had folded the laundry. He had cleaned up the house. He had like done all this stuff because I, I meant business. Okay, your fights end differently than mine. Really? Okay, um, let's talk wait, about no, it. No, what no, happened? No, no, no. First of all, what was the fight about and whose fault was it? Well, I don't, now I don't remember. What was I yelling? I was telling you about it. It I was, was something to do with renovation. Oh, yeah. Yes. It had to do with the built-ins that we're thinking about putting in. It all comes back to control of the house for us, right? right? We're starting a big, massive kitchen renovation, May 6th. Okay. So, and I think this is, you're, you're totally right. So this is when, when this happened was it was Sunday. I always get a little bit of like higher anxiety on Sunday. Oh, I'm a pretty like too. low anxiety person in general, but Sunday, I feel like a little bit of a tightness on Sunday afternoons in my yeah. chest. Yeah. And then coupled with the fact that going into that week, knowing Bernie was going to have surgery on Friday. And then we are going on a 10 day trip to Norway coming up, which is going to be fabulous. So I'm leaving my children for 10 days. And then when we get back on Saturday night, Monday morning demo starts on our kitchen. So we are in like 
you know, we were just, there were a lot of little things. And it's it's funny how good things stress, like little tiny, it's just like a little buildup, little buildup, little mm-hmm. buildup. And then it's like snap. And it happened over these built-ins. And I said, our architect put together this plan of built-in, like some beautiful built-in cabinets in our dining room. And Jay said to me, I don't want cupboards in the dining room. <laughs> That did not go that, over very well with and me. And that was that. Because I've been like, and First then, all, and then I got you, upset. I got upset because I just said, I've been, I, and I started crying because I cried. That's what I do. And I was like, I'm carrying around these drawings with me. I'm laying them out on my desk. I'm firing off emails. I'm making so many decisions. And I know I get overwhelmed when I have to make a ton of decisions, which newsflash, that's what a kitchen renovation is. It's oh, like yeah. a million it's decisions. One, it's one after another. And so I'm trying to like make the right decision, make the right decision. And then when he he said, I don't want cupboards in here, like floats in and says, I don't want cupboards in here. That's when I was like, I'm out of here. And, and I left I just love the house and my things. children. Your, your language. He floats in. <laughs> and then the fact that he used the word cupboards. cupboards. That's what I got really mad about. Yeah. I was like, they're beautiful custom built-ins. They're not cupboards. You don't get to roll in here. And then and I started color. thinking, well, maybe he's right. I actually kind of like the idea of like doing a piece of furniture there instead. It was a whole yeah. thing, you know. It's, oh, no. And then, and then oh, so then no. I started thinking, I think maybe no, he's no, right. No. I kind of like the no. idea of beautiful furniture. <laughs> and then I talked to my mom about it, who's a designer. And she's like, you know, the beautiful furniture could be really wonderful. We could find gorgeous pieces. Oh, You'd be able to switch no. them out down the line if you didn't like them. So oh, I said, then no. I said to Jay, I think I'm on no. board with your no. non-built-in idea. And then he said, I think I want the built-ins. I kid you oh, not. Did you storm out again? No, then I would just started laughing and I was like, all right, oh. we got to decide. So now we're having our architect extend to the cabinet people the pricing with the built-ins and then we can decide and we can make a game time decision. So together. It's all set. Yeah. Together. But fighting, I mean, people who say they don't fight in their marriage, I don't know who they are. I mean, we we once had a woman on the show and her name is Fawn Weaver and I will never forget her. Um, She is fabulous and smart and wonderful and she wrote a book called The Argument Free Marriage and she says that yeah. she and her husband do not argue. I don't believe it. That they don't argue at all. And I don't believe it. Now, some of it I think I agree with in that she's putting systems into place in terms of like what their respect level is in terms of how they have conversations with each other. Right. And this comes down to best to the nest a lot, that we can be much more civilized when having heated discussions yeah. with yeah. all sorts of people in our lives. And then when it comes to our spouse, words fly out of your mouth and even worse, the words that go through your mind, in my case, are even <laughs> worse. Yeah, we're not so gonna go, bad. We're not going to go. There. We don't have to go there. We get to leave that little. But it's amazing. It's amazing, no. and it's and amazing how you can say the worst things, and you can think the worst things about the person you love the most. And then it's like you you recover from that, and you're like, I can't believe I thought that. Oh man, I can't believe I actually thought that. But my problem is that I actually often will say it. <laughs> I am impulsive I by am, nature. I have a impulsive by nature. I have a temper. Yeah. And um, I always have. I, it is much less than it used to be. We come from different sibling order, and I think that has something to do with it as well. True. I'm the youngest of four girls. Yeah. Four girls in five years. Yeah. There were some fights. Yeah, I can And there was, some, there was some survival. <laughs> so, like, so You had to fight so for outlets, bathroom time, and everything, the phone. Everything. I mean, this is how bad it is. When we moved out of our house, my father, we, we moved into a high-rise where he bought two condos, cut a door between the two of them, and each of us had a bathroom right outside our room. <laughs> that 
was peace to him. That was like, this is going to make sense finally. This is the only thing. If I can do this, I if can I find can some this, happiness. I, I can just get them all separated and it'll be good. But so Ian and I have, I, so I meant to tell you this. So I post on Instagram picture of a bookcase. Do you have your phone in front of you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw this. So go look at the bookcase. I love the bookcase. It's like this gorgeous built-in with cute books and you have like mm-hmm. accessories holding up the books and the so whole that's thing. A, that's a hidden room. So oh, that's this a, is the hidden room. This is the hidden room. So this was a huge fight. So if you're just starting to listen to the podcast, I live in Tempe, Arizona. My husband lives in, in Manhattan, Kansas. So it, it's a temporary situation. We're going to figure this out. But we bought a house in Kansas and it needed a guest room. It's, it was a beautiful house, pretty much already renovated, just lovely but they had a lot of sitting areas and we needed a guest room yeah so we closed up one and we we're trying to figure out what kind of door yeah you know most people just put a door but of course it has to be a little bit more complicated with me so i'm like well let's go french doors I, let's go let's do something like let's go look at architectural salvage let's see if we can find some really interesting doors oh, i love this so he actually goes and he's like in Kansas City, he's online, he's looking for interesting doors and he finds some but they're not interesting enough mm-hmm. to me in fact they're just to me, they just look like ugly doors. Yeah. Like when I say interesting doors, I mean like something really beautiful, not just an old door. Right. Something so that you're going to see in like a village in Copenhagen. Thanks. Like outside Thank of Copenhagen. You, you totally understand me. Yeah. Like in a cute little windy street. And then it's like, here's these two yes. darling doors and you open them up and there's a patisserie behind. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, not just old, dinky, ugly doors. I know. We should live together. You and me. <laughs> <We should. laughs> So he keeps very sweetly presenting these doors. I'm like, no, that's just, gosh, to get that door to even look okay would cost another $1,000. That's just a dumb door. I didn't say it quite like that. But, but you I thought was, it. I, I did. Of course, because you always think worse things than you say. <laughs> so, well, not so, always. I don't know. Not always. Generally, when I'm saying it, even when I'm saying the really bad stuff, I'm thinking something worse. <laughs> worse. Yeah. So I, I, I keep saying, and he's being very patient. And finally, I just say, you know what? Let's just get some nice, white, crisp French doors, you know, pocket doors. We'll have little pocket doors. It'll be adorable. And that way we're not losing the space in the other room. And they'll be beautiful. Just right. white, simple, clean. Cause everything in this house is super clean. It's just a very, I just love the way that the, the person who sold it to us renovated. It's lovely. Right. But at this point, so he goes to look at, he's sort of disappointed about the not pretty door thing. And so then he goes to look at just these simple pocket doors. And he finds when he's looking at the pocket doors, he finds mur- what they're called Murphy doors and they're hidden. So it's a bookcase and like a two- Murphy bed. It's like a Murphy bed. So those bookcases open up and let you into the room. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he's super excited about this. You know, now we don't need the architecturally interesting doors. Now we get a hidden room. And he thinks it's super funny because it's the guest room and it's hidden. And he's <laughs> that is kind loving- of funny. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was also double the price of the other doors. Yeah. But now I've lost control because really, and this is what we'll talk about today, fights are never really about what they're about. They're usually about power, control, all of those things. Yes. Fear insecurity, worry. All of it. All worry. of it. All of it. And so it becomes this huge fight of like, no, we just need to do the simple, you know, simple pocket doors. They're cheaper. They're easier to install. He's like, no, but this is really special to me. This I've always wanted a hidden room my whole life. And he pulls out the bucket list thing because this is on my bucket list that I've wanted a hidden room my whole life. Before I die, I need a hidden room. <laughs> exactly. And so that's where the fight goes up a little bit because I'm like totally incredulous. This is on your bucket list? Really? This is on your, that you have to have this before you die. You know that makes it impossible for me to not say, to not agree with you. True. And that's what's his strategy. That was a good yeah, strategy. Ian. It was a good strategy. Checkmate. So, but the fight 
what got bigger, got dumber, and then became about all of the things that really were underlying, which was we were about to not live together. We were about to have two houses. I felt like I was losing control of something that I wasn't going to live in in the near future, yeah. which I shouldn't have had control over anyway. And that was kind of his point. It's like, you're not here. So, you know, let me have the, the, the Murphy door. And I was feeling stressed because I'm not going to be there. Yeah. And so that's really what it was all about. But it was much bigger than it needed to be because we weren't really talking about the way we needed to talk about what was coming for both of us. For sure. Which is really hard. And it's really hard to be separated. It's really hard to have two households. It's really hard to do these things. I'm grateful for the opportunities that we have, but we have added a stressor to our life, which is by choice. You know, it's an interesting thing because I think acknowledging, you know, we're so in this gratitude culture right now, which is like every, you know what, how you can solve every problem, be grateful. You know how you can like anytime you're feeling like upset or anytime you're feeling, you know, we're always looking for a quick fix, whatever it is. And you think this is like so within our culture, we're always looking for this quick fix. And I'm kind of convinced that self-care was one. And then we're over that. And we find that to be ridiculous and self-indulgent. And we're like, a pedicure (laughs) isn't going to solve every problem. And now we're on to gratitude. If you whenever you feel low, start listing things you feel grateful for. And I get that. I mean, I I understand that. And I think the intent is good because the intent is to start to acknowledge you know, you can sort of crowd out the feelings of the fear or the worry by looking at what you're happy about. But right. it, but then I think what we're doing essentially is the same thing that we do when we numb ourselves with alcohol or shopping or sex or whatever you're doing to numb yourself or drugs. I mean, hopefully right. it's not heroin. Right. We're doing the same thing by not just allowing ourselves to feel the feelings. It's like we're constantly looking for some way to go, okay, I can pass through this feeling of fear, discomfort, or lack of control or lack of connection if I just start feeling grateful. (laughs) Like I can either like do drugs, eat cupcakes or just start listing things I'm grateful for instead of just like sitting in the moment for a little bit of going like I'm acknowledging that I am stressed about this. Like I am afraid that my daughter is going to have surgery and I am taking it out on my husband and I am afraid of that. And instead of going, well, but I'm grateful that it's a smaller surgery, that it's not that big of a thing, that other people have it harder. It's like we're so afraid of sitting in the discomfort that we're constantly looking for something to just get us out of it as fast as possible. Yeah, I think that's kind of a that's a big thing you're saying. That's a big thing. I didn't know that that was going to happen today. It just spewed (laughs) out of me. I'm so grateful for it. (laughs) So grateful. It really is. So I think we're like in a little bit, I think we're in an epidemic of like, we're so afraid to feel anything bad that we just have to find something to band-aid the bad instead of just like understanding that life is a little bit about sitting in the bad for a few minutes. That is where my German Lutheran upbringing does bring me (laughs) some clarity. Like now I understand the wisdom of always going, German Lutherans are not afraid to go to the dark place. They are always thinking that things are in the dark place. Here's, here's, I think the truth of what you're saying for me is sometimes you just have to acknowledge that the situation isn't good, probably won't be good, and you don't have to be grateful for it. Right. So not living with my husband right now, not good. No. Not good. Trying to make the best of it, not good. It's hard. It's just really hard. And, and that's, and I think those are the things, and you know, a daughter going in for surgery, just hard. Yes. Just hard. Just hard. 
and renovation, even though you should be grateful for the fact that you're going to have a beautiful kitchen. Just hard. Just hard because my whole nest is going to be upset. I said to Jay the other day, I said, are you ready for this place to turn into a war zone in about three weeks? (laughs) It is. And he took a long sip of his alcoholic beverage that we were enjoying together. And he said, I guess so. I mean, that was it because for us, we are... You know, we do a podcast called Best to the Nest because I'm passionate about the nest, right? right. I mean, I want my home to be the sanctuary. I want it to be, to it, feel fabulous yeah. and wonderful. And when those sledgehammers come in. It won't be. It's not going to be. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. So, you know, as long as we're going to just be dark, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> I know. And I know. What here's what I'm going to tell you. There are going to be lots of fights. Yeah. And, and on top of that, I really recommend you just go get a room at the Westin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, well, it's good that, oh no, the renovation starts after your trip. Renovation start after our trip. I know. And ideally I would have them start before our trip, but we are, but my children are going to be there with, you know, family members. Yeah, that's not nice. So we can't really be be like, hey mom, come over and watch my kids and will you manage the construction? Although, (laughs) although, although that would be good. Talking about fights, because I think there's still more to be said about this. And so I was looking up last night and I thought this might be helpful. This, there was an article about how to escalate a fight. And I, in my life, have done all of these. <laughs> Look at Quiz me. Tell me some of them. Okay, okay. So how to escal- escalate a fight. Sarcasm. Do you use sarcasm when you're fighting? I don't do that. I'm not very good at sarcasm. Oh, I'm not that good, good at sarcasm. I'm not saying I'm a good fighter. I'm just saying I'm not that good at sarcasm. It said, being vulnerable in a fight is hard. It's a lot easier to hide between a sarcastic response that twists the knife while keeping your most honest emotions, usually feeling hurt at a distance. I can do sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Deflection. Your spouse makes a solid point, and for a split second, you think, okay, yeah, maybe that's true, but that would mean admitting you were wrong, and that's no fun. Yeah, that's hard for me. You do deflect or don't deflect? I will, I will deflect, yeah. So in our in our fighting lingo, that would be you you've moved the goalpost. Mm-hmm. I do that. Yeah. Accusation generalization. You always you hate when you oh, I never do this. you. Do, uh, this ooh. is my game. This is my thing. Yeah. This and is a it fight drives escalator. Jay crazy when he's like, "Stop saying never. Stop saying always." Because yeah. I'll be like, "You always do this. This always happens. This is all." I mean, that's my that's yep. my jam. That's a fight escalator. Yeah, it is. That is. Wait, this yeah, well, doesn't feel great. <laughs> Do you know that at least once a podcast you say, this doesn't feel good? Mm-hmm. I know, that's because <laughs> this is my free therapy. That's right. Okay, assuming the worst is a fight escalator. I do that regularly. If metal fights were a sporting event, assuming the worst is the is the tailgate party prior. Yes. Before the fight happens, there's the catalyzing event and your reaction to it. So it's not that your spouse threw their shirt on the floor. It's that they're leaving it for you to pick up because they don't care about you. You think uh, you're lesser than them. Yeah. And they don't see everything you're doing. Yeah. And how can they be so rude? And they always do this. Come to think of it, you never do. And blah, 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 blah. So assuming the worst. That's like my life right there. You know, mm. I was a very strange – I remember being a little girl and like getting – upset with my mom and thinking, that's it. I'm going to be the little girl who never speaks to my mother ever again. I used to do that. I used to think that. And then my daughter, (laughs) who is four, she said to me, I was, I picked her up from daycare and was driving her home the other day and she got upset with me about something. And she said, I'm never playing with you ever, ever again. And I was like, oh man, I passed it it on. 
There it is. It's there it genetic. is. There it is. And so I go, I go to the worst of like, how am I going to survive on my own without this person? Because this has got to be done very, it, yeah. it goes in my mind. That's how I go. I get into like this weird survival mode. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. No, I was a runaway. So yeah, that's I would, right. I would just run away. Yeah. And so same thing. I would have the most drastic reaction to, you know, I'm four years old and yeah. I'm storming out the door. <laughs> I wonder what's going on there. We might need to get a th- an actual therapist in here to talk about that. I know. I know. Okay. Ways to escalate a fight. So we have sarcasm, deflection, accusation, generalization, assuming the worst, and we're not done yet. Steamrolling. Acting mm. like a steamroller is a fun game to play with your three-year-old, but doing it verbally to your spouse is mean. Yeah. Mean is a word that comes up in my life. Mean. Yeah, mean isn't Usually- good. Usually one person in a marriage is more quick with words than the other person. They're not smarter. They're just trained in the art of speaking louder, faster, and meaner than the other person. Actually, I don't think this is me. Yeah. I don't think I do that. I'm usually not the one that's speaking louder and faster. (laughs) I am usually faster, but I I think, um, I think my husband can get a little meaner. Yeah, that's hard. He he just can because he's just, you know, he grew up in a house of a brother and then grew up in, in hockey rinks and locker rooms. And so his tone and his like way of speaking can get, and he's just like, that's just how guys talk to each other. And I'm like, well, I'm your wife, not a guy, you know, so. So that, I think that can get tough. Yeah. And that was, I think, a big thing for me. And I think I'm better now. But when I was in a young marriage, tone was a really big problem. Yeah. Yeah. I can be, I, yeah, that was a problem. So the final one is avoiding. Uh, this one actually might be the most dangerous one on the list because if you have a fight in your marriage, even a pretty intense one, if you can both resolve it, apologize where needed and try to learn from what happened, it can still be constructive. This one is really hard for me and still is, is that that my husband could be in an argument for hours. That sounds so in, exhausting. In order to resolve it. Yeah. He can't move on until it has a resolution. Oh, see, I'm big on the like, I just, we've got to be done and just go to bed. And then I, I think mm-hmm. that whole like, don't go to bed angry thing. I don't mm-hmm. buy into that at all because I think at some point, and I've actually talked with our therapist about this, that at some point. It's just you're going round and round. And she says that you get to a certain level of communicating style. This certain like, da-da-da-da-da, well, da-da-da-da-da, well, da-da-da-da-da, right? I mean, you can like feel the level that your voices are at, that your adrenaline is at. And she says that at that point, there's no way to resolve it. That once you are at that point and the way that you're communicating with each other, it's absolutely, you are going to just be beating each other down and you're going to be doing just continual damage where... If you can just say, like, I'm out, I'm going to bed, I got to go to bed, we got to take some time away from each other, then you can wake up in the morning with just like a, a renewed sense of like, what was the real issue here? Right. What was the real thing? You know, our therapist said the same thing. And because this is one of the things that I talked about in therapy, which is I can't do it. I can't do that for hours. Yeah. I, I, that's when I lose my mind. Right. I just lose emotional control. I know. I absolutely lose emotion. I stop listening. I, that's when the sarcasm comes out. That's yeah. when sort of the smart assiness, you know, that I am, that is always right at my fingertips comes out. Well, and you probably and have like a sense of hopelessness that this is never going to end. And she said, and that was, she said exactly what you just said, which is, 
go to bed. Just go to bed. Right. Stop. You're not, it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And it never does. No. If, if you get into that point, if that place, it doesn't get any better. Well, and it actually, I, I did learn that I'm not usually like a, I'm just leaving person. Right. But that Sunday, when I told you that story of, I just was like, after the cupboard situation, I'm like, I'm out and I'll be back when I feel like it. You know, there was something about that space that was just really helpful because I just, I I did come home later. And then when I talked to Jay, I said, I think I'm just really anxious about this surgery. Like I know it's coming up and I'm worried about it and I'm stressed about it. And I can't get any clarity on what the soft emotion is behind Right. The fight. If I'm still in the fight. Right. Right. You know, you can't like when you're still mad and you're barking back and forth at each other. Plus, add the fact in. I mean, we have little kids. So like if we're barking at each other in front of our little kids, like that's just yeah. not it's not good. And like one of us has got to go. Yeah, I, I I am a believer in that now, too. I mean, it, it we used to stick in it. Stick in those fights, and it's just not a good thing. It's just not a good thing because I think you're right. You have to walk away to get. I do. Maybe he doesn't, but I have to get away from it to understand what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. And you know, maybe I'm emotionally mature. Maybe I can't sort through through things quickly enough. I I'm okay with that. But let me get away to sort through it so that I can come to sort of a place of what did I do wrong? Because obviously, my one of my go to emotions is defensiveness. If I feel like. I just push back. And it's sort of like what you said earlier is there's a weird survival instinct in that. Protect myself first, Mm -hmm. which is not great, but it it, it comes out in weird times. Less now, like I said, than I did when I was younger. But my God, in my 20s, very fiery. Very fiery. Um, but uh, so here's the thing. And this is what I think is really interesting. And after we went to marriage therapy, our fighting style changed. And that was very helpful for the most part. And there is something, and this goes back to you talking about people who say they never fight. I have known a couple that said that. And the truth of it is just a lot of stuff was just not talked about. Just not talked about. Yeah. And you could feel the tension. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't that they were easy breezy. It was all still right there. It just hadn't been talked about. It's just impossible, I think, to go through everything that you go through with your spouse or your partner and not have friction and yeah. not have different ways of doing things. You know, even like at its core, one thing I kind of just laugh about a little bit is this idea that, you know, you married really young. I, I got married when I was 32. 32 or 33. And I think 32. And so I had 32 years of like doing my own thing, doing my life, being like connected to my family, my friends. And then the person that I knew in terms of like my close circle for the least amount of time is the one that I said, okay, this is the person I'm going to do the hardest things in life with. Isn't that weird? And it's such a fascinating thing. And when you kind of step back and go, okay, you know why we're arguing? You know why this is hard? Because it's a hard setup that we have. Like you pick this person, you fall in love with them. You are like the see everything as rosy with them. And then you decide to do the hardest things with them. And you kind of just like have to hope that you were right about that person. I mean, it's a very hard dynamic. And and here's the, the beautiful thing from 35 years of marriage is when you know you've picked the right person and you're in something really, really hard. And they are extraordinary in it. And you just feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world to yeah. be going through this with them. And I think that's that's the place that I think any home should be. And the way that you do that is learning how to handle your anxiety and your tension and all of the hard things that are going to happen in your life 
And part of doing that too, one of the most important things is understanding how to have a good fight. Yeah. Because the damage you can do when you don't fight fairly is so profound and it lingers. And when you learn how to fight properly and you learn how to communicate properly, the marriage only gets stronger. Let me give you this this list really quickly because I want, this is so key and this is everything probably that your therapist talked about and my therapist talked about. It's hard to remember in a fight. Maintaining control. And I, I would argue, or not argue, I would say to you, knowing that you needed to walk out is tantamount to maintaining control. Yeah. Knowing that I, I got to go. I just got to go or it's going to go badly. I did slam the door. Mm. I slammed okay, it. Okay, I'll give you an 80%. Yeah, it was I'm hard. Maintain- it was a hard slam. That's, that door is going to get taken down anyway, though. I mean, I was just <laughs> testing it. Well, now it's got bad, you know, it's got bad karma. <laughs> so you got to take it down. It felt good to slam the door. Yeah, see, that's the problem. It does feel good. I know, it does. But no, you shouldn't shouldn't do that. No. Um, never interrupt. When I lose control, I interrupt. Okay. That's a really hard thing. I was reading last night when I was researching fights. There was this um, couple that wrote a book about how to, you know, how to have a good marriage. And I can't... I don't know that I could actually do this. When they get into a fight, they have a toy microphone, and you're only allowed to talk if you're holding the microphone. Oh, my gosh. That would make me feel like I'm at work. No, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I couldn't do it, but I get it. But, we, yeah, yeah, we don't do a ton of interrupting. I mean, there's like a finish and a pause. No, no, there's not a lot of interrupting. Actually, sometimes it bugs me because Jay will take, he takes more time to think about what he's going to say before he says it. And then I'm like, it's good, but I'm like, come on. Let's move it along. <laughs> Just let's let's get a move on here, buckaroo. I know. Okay. See, interrupting problem for me. Do not bring up the past. This is what I do all the time. I just did this last night. I my brought husband, it up when we weren't even in an argument. Stop it. From the person who doesn't, my husband does, stop doing that. I know, but I do it's it. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. Uh, do not criticize and apologize. Apologizing is something that is underutilized. Have, we apologize both- all the time, yeah. Do you think both have to apologize? I think so, because generally when you're fighting, there's something that you probably said that was maybe like a low blow or this or whatever. And what if the other person didn't do anything wrong? Well, then they they should apologize for having been standing there. (laughs) Then they don't have to apologize. Damn it. (laughs) Then maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they don't don't have to apologize. They didn't say anything mean. They don't have to apologize? Then maybe they don't have to apologize. Fine. Oh, gosh. A good fight, Marjorie. Wow. That was real talk. Hold on. What? You got something else? One last thing. So yesterday I put on my Instagram, I showed the bookcase that had caused a fight in my nest, and I asked people to respond. What was the dumbest fight you've ever had? So I just have to read this to you. Angie Cruz on Instagram said, my husband and I had our dumbest argument over who would clean out an empty peanut butter jar that had been sitting on the counter for far too long. (laughs) It was quite the argument. And then another woman responded and said, we had a fight over red hot pepper flakes. (laughs) So dumb. It lasted two days. No. It's still still a sore spot. Still a sore spot. So thank you, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I love that input. And I love having the conversations about how you behave. You know, if you're not open and honest about the good and the bad, it's like you think that you're on an island and you're the only one that has it tough. You are not on an island. No, you're not on an island. And the good (sighs) thing about it, too, is like every day you just choose to be with that person. You choose to be with that person and you choose to work through it. And you don't have to think about it as like forever. Like Marjorie, we don't have to say we're running away and everything's done. (laughs) 
We can just take it like I'm mad in this moment, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be mad in the next moment. Exactly. Take it easy. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. If you are super motivated, give us a review at Apple Podcasts. From Julie, have you seen this one? No, I haven't. She said, I love, and she capitalized love, so she's actually screaming love at us, Elizabeth. (laughs) Love! I love this podcast. It makes me want to bring more love and warmth and meaning into my own home with my beautiful family. Oh my gosh, Julie! I know. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much. And reach out to us. You can find us both on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese or at It's Me Marjorie One. And of course, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook at Best to the Nest. We love hearing from you. Until next time, Marjorie. See ya, everybody.